welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 274, Dancing with Wisdom, an interview with Dr. Sunil Raheja, coming to you on Thursday, November 18th, 2021. I hope your writing is going well. As of today, the 18th of November, I have written 18 days in a row and posted on the NaNoWriMo website. So very proud of myself, very happy. Um, Some of the days it's been a very, very small word count, but I wrote and I posted and I was very happy with myself. On the day that I did a lot of words and I was very, very happy with myself, I got behind in all the rest of my work. So <laughs> I imagine some of you are nodding your head going, yep, been there, done that also. <laughs> but hopefully you are getting your writing done in whatever way that works for you. If nano is the way and a little bit of pushing, a little bit of a gamification, a little bit of competition among friends, if that works for you, excellent. I hope you're doing a great job. Don't quit no matter what. And if you're like, yeah, that's not for me, or this year it wasn't good timing, whatever is the way that writing is working for you right now, that's the way you should do it. And again, I encourage you don't quit because you have great ideas inside that are just waiting to come out. And there are people who are going to want to read them. And the reason why I know this is because there are so many books that you and I both are like, oh my gosh, that book was so good. Oh, that was so good. Oh, that was so good. I'm enjoying this book right now. I just started a book by Brian Freeman that I was like waiting and I wanted to really be able to take a good amount of time, like hours and, and really get a lot of the book done in big chunks. So I could really enjoy the, the thrill and the suspense of, of the, um, well, it's a thriller. <laughs> so, uh, I, I love those moments. And to think that you and I have books on us that somebody somewhere is going to be like, Oh, I can't wait until that book comes out. Cause I loved the last books that they wrote. That is why we were doing this. We want to entertain people. We want to entertain ourselves as we're writing. We want to probably be making a living from this as well. So I'm just going to keep on going with the don't quit, don't quit. Keep on going in the way that works for you. I'm very happy for you. I'm very happy for both of us. (laughs) And if you are thinking, but I'm a little stuck, or I have a friend who's a little stuck, or a friend who's been wanting to write a book and just doesn't know how to begin, you probably know if you've been listening for a while that I'm also a writing coach. And I love, love, love it. I love helping people. I love helping people to get excited again about the story, to figure out the best possible ways to tell the story to send me some pages and I give them some feedback and then they're even more excited about the story. And a lot of times right after the call, people immediately start writing again and it just makes me so happy. So um, I am not a huge fan of the pressure of a Black Friday sale. Like you either have to hurry up and purchase on Friday, purchase before all of these items that we have are out, which you know sometimes a store will say, this item is on sale for 75% off. But when you go there, you realize there were only six of them and there are a hundred people in the store who were thinking about getting it. That's just not the kind of pressure that I find fun. Or, you know, maybe on Amazon where there's a special for an hour on this product and then the next hour it's this product. And some people find that kind of shopping really fun. I don't really enjoy it that much. So I wanted to do something for you that kind of worked more with the way that I like to shop. So For my writing coaching program, I am offering for the rest of the year, from now until the rest of the year, 2021, $250 off my most popular coaching program. And if you choose one of the other programs instead, it's still $250 off. Um, And what you'll get is six months of working with me, uh, two hours, so two one-hour phone calls a month. So every two weeks we get on a phone call. We talk about what's working, what's not working, where are you at with character or plotting, or if you're not a plotter, that's totally fine, but where are you in the story? Um, what are you having trouble with? What do you need encouragement for? Um, what do you need to figure out how to do research on something that you want to put in the story, but you don't know how to find the information? Uh, and then uh, sending me 20 pages a month to give you feedback 
feedback and tell you you're doing great in this part. This is where you could do a little bit better in that part. If this sounds like something that sounds like the perfect gift that you would like someone to give to you or that you'd like to give to someone else, email me kitty at kittybuholtz.com and I will send you the link to my scheduler. We'll get on a call, make sure that what you're writing is something that I feel confident and really good about um, being able to help you with make sure our personalities match because personality like in any relationship you know plays a big part in it and uh, what will happen is is that you'll get uh, six months of working with me for two thousand five hundred dollars instead of 2750 if you pay by the end of the year so that's december 31st 2021 or if you need the payment plan i'll still give you um, the payment plan on the lower price so that would be five $500 a month for six months. So you would have it paid off by the time you finished working with me. Of course, we can renew if you, um, if you or your friend or whoever it is wants to continue, we can continue doing that. Um, and, uh, yeah, then my prices are going up in January. So I wanted people to have an opportunity to, um, to maybe give themselves a great gift, give their friend a gift and get like the, kind of the shopping thrill of the Black Friday sale and get a really good price. Um, the coaching program that is currently $2,750 that I'm offering for $2,500 uh, will start at $3,000 in January. Now, the other thing you might be thinking is, but I don't know if me or my friend has time to really start this right now. The great part is, is that again, this is the way that I would love to shop. I want to buy it while it's on sale, but I want to start it when it's comfortable for me. So then uh, you or the person that you're buying the gift for would be able to start any time up through December 31st, 2022, which means that if they booked their first call in December, 2022, they'd actually be working with me for the first six months of 2023. So you have plenty of time to figure out what's the best start time for you and quite a bit of time for you to get on a call with me, make sure this is the right deal, um, get your... Uh, planning in order, get your money in order so that you can take advantage while it's a, um, while it's the best price that it'll ever be since it's going up in January. So give me an email, send me an email, kitty at kittybuholtz.com. You can find my name in the, in the podcast notes and um, yeah, we'll see whether or not this is something that uh, will work out great for you or your friend. I would love to know that some people are getting this as a gift uh, because I love any kind of gift that it has to do with my creativity. So whether it's, um, you know, writing books or for my birthday, my husband gave me piano lessons. Very exciting. It just makes me very, very happy. So uh, again, I just wanted to do a sale that'd be the kind of sale that I enjoy. <laughs> so hopefully uh, you also think that um, think that's a fun thing. So let your friends know. Um, our guest today talks about so many interesting things. And what's particularly fun is that while he's talking about writing your first nonfiction book, um, the topic of the book actually is super duper interesting and helpful for us as creative people. So the things that we are working through in our life, trying to manage, like I have these big goals and these big dreams, um, but I also want to see my friends sometimes, have fun sometimes, downtime. <laughs> you know, if you've been listening to me, I, I struggle with having enough friend time and downtime and play time. Um, but Dr. Sunil Reheja, uh has a great book out called Dancing with Wisdom. And he is going to talk about um, that process as well as the process of writing his first book during the interview. So without further ado, let's talk to Dr. Sunil. Today's guest is Dr. Sunil Raheja. Sunil is a psychiatrist and coach who, through his Dancing with Wisdom coaching program, equips overwhelmed, frustrated, and distracted high performers to figure out their next best step so that they can create the life they hunger for and still have time for family, friends, and fun. Welcome, Sunil. Kitty, it's just wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm so glad that you had uh, you know, time on your schedule to be on my show because you and I have been getting to know each other a little bit on and off for the last oh, six to 12 months, somewhere in there. Something like that, I think you're right. That's right, yes. Yeah, yeah. And on lots of Zoom calls, <laughs> on lots of Zoom calls, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. Yeah. 
And one of the things that was, of course, of interest to me, because anytime anybody is writing anything, that's of interest to me. Uh, you have a new book out called Dancing with Wisdom, A Sacred Quest to Restore Meaning, Purpose, and Fun to Your Life and Work. Yep, there it is up here, yes. Nice. Was, yeah, yeah. it's amazing to get it out. It actually uh, launched uh, on the 17th of March, uh, 2021. Um, so it's and uh, after a long, long journey, I mean, it really, in a sense, it, it combines and brings together my experiences um, as an immigrant coming to the UK uh, as a young child and trying to make sense of, of life and trying to understand British culture and areas of identity between not sure whether I belong to the UK or whether I belong to India. And yeah. then often feeling like a fish out of water and struggling with, 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 with direction in life, becoming a doctor, but really struggling with that. And by the grace of God, qualifying and becoming a doctor and finding my niche in psychiatry. And I left psychiatry last, last year, as in terms of within the British NHS. Um, but I've always been struggling to work out what I want to do with that when I grow up. Right. And if you like, if you like but the book is really um, something I wish I'd had 20 years ago. So it talks, it talks about my own struggles with that. But also I think, my own uh, reflections on, on my own life, reflections in other people's lives through being a psychiatrist, uh, through my own faith journey as well. Um, and really sort of trying to bring together, yeah, you know, the psychological, the spiritual, the emotional, the relational. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's very much how the book came about. Yeah. Um, and I, I work as a coach within, uh, privately now. And in many ways, it's it's the philosophy behind my coaching program as well, the, the Dancing with Wisdom coaching program that, that, that I created. Yeah. Uh, yeah that, that's a background to it all, really. Yeah. And then you also started a podcast, right, <clears throat> called Dancing with Wisdom? Yes, that's right. Well, actually, before that, and it's interesting, it's, the, the book actually started as a series of, of blog posts when I was trying to work out that I knew I had something in me yeah. that I wanted to write, but I wasn't quite sure what it was. And um, it's really fascinating because you know how, how an idea sort of chases you through your life. So that initial podcast was called the Making Sense of Life podcast. Ah. And when I look back, one of the very first podcasts that we did was on wisdom. And, and this is where it gets really spooky. So my daughter got married last year. That was in 2020. And, you know, you do the father of the bride speech. And so you're sort of preparing, you're thinking back about your life. And then it suddenly dawned on me, we named, we named her Sonia, which is from the Greek Sophia, which means wisdom. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's sort of, it's, a, it, it, it's something which, and I think, you know, like I said earlier, I, I've always felt a fish out of water. You know, I've come from, I come from, from, from India, uh, but I came when I was only about two and a half, three, coming to, to, to a new country at a time which, you know, it's hard to imagine that, but you know, there was no internet, there was no email. If you wrote a letter, then it would take a week for the letter to arrive. And then if you replied immediately, it would take a week to reply back. Yeah. So yeah. that sense of disconnection, you know, with, with where I came from um, was huge. And I, I, I grew up, well, I always used to feel that India was my home, but I never actually got there until I was about eight years of age, by which time, I really didn't understand the language or the culture. And so the people in India would tell me, you're not Indian, you're, you know, England's your home. And when I was in England, they'd say to me, you're not, you're not English, India's your home. And so yeah. there was this real struggle that I'm a fish out of water. I, I just, who, who am I, where do I belong? Uh, and, you know, you know, and again, a certain theme that keeps following is that so often I felt like a fish out of water. So I ended up going to medical school, becoming a doctor, but you know, it just wasn't me. And as I said, you know, by the grace of God, I, I got through that and I found a certain niche in psychiatry because within medicine it was very much about treating people, you know, treating human beings as machines, right. you know, whereby, you know, you need to know, you know, about their bones, their arteries, their veins, how the different organs work, which is great. We need people like that. But that just wasn't me. And I realized actually I, I'm much more relational. I'm, I'm much more interested in knowing people who they are in terms of the, of, of the things that make them tick, their relationships you know, their work environment, their social environment, their families. Yeah. And so that, that certainly, I, I got a good degree of that within psychiatry. Where, and, and I did that, um, I was a psychiatrist in people with people with learning disabilities um, from 2001 to 2020, 19 years uh, wow. within, the, within the British NHS. So wow. that, that, that's my, my, my background there. Yeah. And it seems like you would have, um, 
either on purpose or just by sort of default because of the field that you would have been um, thinking about wisdom in your practice, how you help people, like yes. how you can provide wisdom and maybe how you help other people define wisdom in their own life. Well, no, I, th I think that that's a really good point, Kitty, because, you know, we're very focused on technical skills. And again, I, I don't, I don't want to knock it. We, you need technical skills. They're really important. But we have got so much information now, you know, we're drowning information in information. Yeah. But for the really important decisions in life, there's no textbook that's going to give you the answers, you know, and, and I've done a lot of studying and reading, you know, but, but you realize that when, as it were, the rubber hits the road, you, you need to, you know, you need wisdom. So, you know, a, a classic example, you know, in my favorite book, um, in, uh, in this book called Ecclesiastes, and it talks about, there are two proverbs, there, there, uh, sorry, there are two proverbs, in, in the book of Proverbs, there are two proverbs. One that says, answer a fool according to his folly, or he'll be wise in his own eyes. And the very next proverb says, don't answer a fool according to his folly, or you'll be like him. Yes. So, you're in a meet so you're in a meeting and somebody says something that you know is completely ridiculous. Should you speak and say something or should you keep quiet? Now, no textbook's going to tell you that. Yeah. No, but it, it's going to depend on the context, the subject, how well you know the people, you know, what, what the matter is, what, what's going to happen, what you what's happened up to that date, what's going to happen afterwards. There's, there's, there's no right, but you get it, but you get it wrong and it's going to have profound implications. Yeah. You know, should I take this job or should I not take this job? Should I marry this person or not marry this person? Should we move here or live there? You know, those require wisdom and you can have lots of data, but actually what you need more than anything else is, is wisdom. And so I think for my own, you know, making mistakes, so many mistakes in my own life, struggling with this so much, um, and, you know, I'll be honest with you, you know, going through a period of depression and burnout, uh, in my own life as well mm -hmm. it makes you begin to think you know where are the answers to this yeah you know I heard something um I uh started struggling with burnout in 2018 and I thought oh. that it was something you could just heal from like a cold or the flu and then yeah. you would be done um unfortunately it's 2021 and I realized it's something that can quickly come back faster than how long it took you to get it the first time if you're not taking care yes yes so it's, it's something that I uh, um, wasn't sure to believe, but I had read somewhere on a website, you know, Dr. Google, as, as some people call, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, um, that creative people, um, highly intelligent people, high performers are more yeah. likely to uh, succumb to burnout and have that be a problem in their lives than, yes. I don't know, somebody who's not that way. It, do you think there's any truth in that? I think it would make sense because people who are high performers, people who are very passionate about something, want to give it their all. And, and the danger is, and I've been there, you know, I mean, if I think that I've probably burnt out at least three times in my life. Mm. And the uh, last time was about 2009, uh, 2000, yeah, 2008, 2009, that, that sort of time. And I think that the point being is that you're really passionate about something, but what we forget is we become human doings and, not, and we forget we're human beings. Yeah. And so we become so focused on tasks and doing the next thing and the next thing and the next thing that we find ourselves running on empty. And if we don't pay attention, we're giving, giving, giving. We're focused, we're focusing on the next thing. But we're actually human beings first. We're not human doings. Yeah. And so much of our identity can be can be based on what I'm achieving. What, what, what am I doing? And unfortunately, the culture and society around us just feeds into that more and more. Um, and that's, I think, you know, that, 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 that it's, it's, it's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I um, finally began to notice about myself is that, um, you know, I have, so I went to business school in the 1980s. It was part of the me generation and, you know, go get yeah. what you want and, um, yeah. you know, do your best and are, and is what you're doing your best. And somehow I had, um, internalized this idea that I would ask myself, am I doing my best? And if I could think of any other thing that I could do that would make my effort be a little bit better then I wasn't mm. yet doing my best. And I think that altogether, you know, over the course of 20 years, that's how I end up in this position of burnout, feeling like, like I still hadn't really given it my best yet. So I should just push harder. Yes. And I think and what makes it harder is harder is there's always somebody who's ahead of you. 
yeah. it's always a little bit more you can do it's a little bit more you can give and I, I don't know about you, you know it, it's, it's like emails you know you get through all your emails and then another whole load come again you know it's it's the myth of Sisyphus you know he he's condemned to to take a rock to the top of a hill and then watch it roll down again before you then have to take it back up again and yeah if we if we get the order wrong you see being precedes doing and we say to yourself and you know this is this is mistakes i made countless times was you know i will relax and be happy when i get such and such done yeah when i when i get get to that mountain then i can relax the problem is it keeps shifting and 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 you just you know and you realize I think what the realizations that I've had, and particularly this last year, is that there's always going to be way more for me to do than I'll ever do. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I, I'll always be behind on something. There's always going to be something. So why condemn myself about it? You know, why beat myself about it? And you know, I, I've done that too much in the past. Yeah. 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 And it's something that's. Um, so I'm a self-published writer. Um, some people uh, don't like the word self-published because they're like, well, you don't do it all yourself. But, but I look at it as um, <laughs> I'm the only person who, um, you know, is in charge. The buck for everything stops here. Yes. I'm the one yes. who hires the other people who do the other parts of the job. Yes. Yes. Um, so however, however, uh, people like to say the word self-publishing or indie publishing, um, there is always, you know, more that you could do to try to um uh, create a better book, create a better marketing campaign. Um, so what are some of the things that maybe we could look at that that use wisdom to help us to um, to get a little bit more, a healthier perspective? Wow, great question. I mean, I think, let me just take the first comment you, that you made there. One of the lies we tell ourselves is that I have to do it myself, okay? And it, it, it's very deep-rooted that somehow or other asking for help is a sign of weakness you yeah. know the the joke is that if you ask for help in school so if you ask for help in in in, 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 in well if you ask for help uh, in most areas of life it's called collaboration if you ask for help in school it's called cheating all right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and yet there's no such thing as a self-made man or woman a self-made person there's no such thing as that and in fact we need each other and it's actually much more fun to do things with, I mean, this is what I've discovered. Again, I, I, I'm, I've made all these mistakes in my life, okay? So, so, so I, I just really communicate that it's actually so much more fun to do things with others yeah. uh, rather than to try to do it by yourself. And, it, and, and it's, it's invariably better than anything I could think of, have thought of. Right? Yeah. So, so what's your question? I mean, I, I, I really want to catch that, that thought, yeah. So what are some of the ways that we can try to um, kind of like stop and look for wisdom to have a healthier perspective yeah i think it, it very much comes down to slowing and stopping i mean in, in the book I've, I've got four four i said there are four vital questions you need to ask they're related to being related relating doing and leaving and it's it's really important to get i would say the bit to get that order right so being being first okay understanding who i am relating relationships you know, you and I are people of faith, so it's relationship with God, relationship with others, okay? Doing, okay? Then what am I called to do, okay? If I get it wrong, if I start with the doing, yeah. then I'm going to, I'm going to look for my identity in my doing. So I'm only as good as my last job or whatever I've done. Right. And if, it, if, it, and if I do badly in that, or if I make a mistake, then it's easy for that to crush me and say, rather than I failed at that, or that was a mistake, I'm a failure, I'm a mistake. So, and also, if you know it's being relating, doing it's got to be in the go, goes back to the, in the context of relationship, because I mean, I I, I say this to I, I, I say this to others. Even if we don't get very far, you and I will have a good time. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> okay? we'll enjoy it. And anything else is, as it were, is the overflow. So it's doing stuff from overflow. And then the last thing is leaving, and ultimately with with the realization that my time is limited, um, you know, and to live with the reverence and the soberness of that but still to have fun you know it's not about being down but you know one you know leaving the big question of leaving in terms of death but also nothing is permanent you know jobs change yeah. we, move, we move places there are transitions and so it's holding on to onto those things that that last and realizing how much of life is, is temporary as well 
Yeah. So, so it sounds like the, the onus of this kind of piece is on us stopping and, and thinking things through in, in this way. Yeah, it starts from there. And I think the thing about wisdom is we, when we come to wisdom, we have, a, we have an intractable problem that we don't know how to solve. You know, and, you know, goodness me, have we got intractable problems in our society and world? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I think one of the big problems is, is one of the myths that we tell ourselves is that we are, uh, that we have to figure out and we have to sort it out ourselves. Now, again, people who are watching and listening to this can be of all sorts of backgrounds. So what I would also say is that however you look at life, we need something from outside of ourselves. So we come to, to needing wisdom, something from outside of ourselves. And I think the ultimate source of that, if you like, is the infinite intelligence that, that governs the universe. Now that's a, that's, that can be difficult for some people, but I think wisdom, as I said, we come to wisdom realizing that I can't solve this myself, but also ultimately it, it, it brings us face to face with the big questions of life, the big existential questions of life. Why am I here? What am I called to do? What happens when I die? Um, you know, uh, how do I, how do I live in harmony with, with, with the universe? Because yeah. you can get, if you get those things right, then everything is in a sense fits in place. It doesn't mean to say, you know, all the answers because the, the thing about wisdom is, is that I don't necessarily know the answers at all, but yeah. wisdom invites me into a relationship with this infinite intelligence, with, with God, and allows me in a sense to trust that, that he has my back and he, he's working things out, even though it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Like yeah. I have to say that the times that I have um, been really stressed uh, had far more to do than I had any idea how I would get it done. Um, yeah. When I, the, and it's not a lot of times I'm trying to get into better practice at this, but the times that I've been able to say, okay, um, I probably can't do all of these things and I just need to relax and trust that I will do the best I can with the yes. things that I can and yes. some of it won't get done. And apparently that stuff is okay to not get yes. done. And, and I don't know which things I'll do or not do, but I just have to relax and trust that somehow it's going to work itself out. And, and then I can find a little bit more peace in the midst of yes. chaos. Absolutely. I don't know if that is the right way to do it, but that's what I've been no. working on. Yeah, no, no, I think that there's a lot of truth in that. Again, keep reminding being precedes doing, okay? Being, relating and doing, getting that order right. And from a sort of spiritual perspective, you know, both of us are, are, are disciples of Christ. And one of the things about, um about christ is that is that uh, through his death on the cross and through his um sacrifice for us our acceptance is not based on what we do it's based on what christ has done for us which means that the pressure is off yeah see, what, ha what happens if i get it wrong see what i think is that god will love me more because i've done a really great podcast god will love me more because i've written a really great book god will love me more because i've done these good things the problem is how much good is good enough yeah. you know i i talk about it in it in the book you know if you think of a normal distribution you know the the, the bell-shaped curve mm -hmm. and if you like if, if we have um goodness on the x-axis a number of people on the y-axis oh, yeah. then most people are somewhere in the middle and, and we can we can agree on the extreme so we might put you know i don't know stalin and hitler on 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 one side and put mother Teresa on yeah. on, on on one side on, on one side here yeah. And the rest of us are somewhere in the middle there. Okay. Yeah. And the problem with that is that if we say, you know, we can agree that, you know, Stalin and Hitler deserve punishment for what they've done. And we can agree that Mother Teresa, because of the wonderful things that she did, you know, she deserves her sainthood for, for her. But all the rest of it, where are you going to draw the line? You know, is it going to be at 51% or 50%? And if, you, if we're going to put a line at 50 or 51%, have, say, say 50% we put the line what about the poor guy or woman who's at 49% are we going to say that they're condemned it, 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 it's it's this is this is the problem about trying to do good to not just please God whether you're not you believe in him but even to please myself but I realize I don't even live up to my own standards let alone yes. God's standards I don't live up to my own <laughs> me too <laughs> so, so what chance have we got and, and the problem is it 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 it, it we can become very, you know, um, focused on that. 
Whereas what, what I realize is through, through his death and through his resurrection, I'm totally accepted. I'm a beloved child because of what he's done. So I say to God, don't accept me because of the things I've done. Accept me because of what Jesus has done. And Jesus has lived a perfect life. And therefore, I can relax. Because yeah. otherwise, what happens is that if I have a good day, then I feel really good. But the problem is I can become very proud and self-righteous. Oh, I'm not like those other people who waste their time. Well, that's pride. Or I do have a, a, a bad day. You know, this is a whole ego thing. Or, or I, I have a bad day and I think, oh, I'm a complete failure and a complete disaster. I've done nothing that I want to and that's that and, and that's that's pride that's ego as well but it's actually no 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 it's all about you know is i'm totally loved and accepted because of what christ has done so the pressure is off i'm, I'm a beloved son or daughter i'm, I'm a yeah. beloved child and and I, so i'm not out of the family you know i can't be kicked out i that and that's incredibly liberating when what i mean it's, it's easy to say intellectually but you begin to realize that you're doing this on different levels and and i might say it and then something goes wrong and I feel a failure. Well, that's showing that actually I'm saying that, that, that I believe um, in, in grace, but actually I'm living as though my performance matters. And so right. it's, it's having the space and time to reflect on that, as well as the fact that, you know, we are body, mind and spirit. So going back to your earlier question about burnout right. is one of the things we forget is that we, you know, is, is it, and, and again, I've done this. So I'm not just a brain that's attached to a body. I am, you know, I am a yeah. full body, you know. And so if, if I'm hungry or tired, okay, it's very easy for me to get angry and frustrated or the, or the world to look a complete mess and disaster yes. because I haven't had enough food or I haven't had enough sleep. And those are simple, basic things. But it's so easy to forget if we're passionate about something or we're so we have to get a task or something done. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, you know, as much as we um, may love to laugh at, you know, the science fiction movies where there's a, there's a head in a in a box and they've <laughs> they've managed to keep the consciousness, the body's yeah. you know gone, but the head is yes. there because that's where everything is. And I I look at stuff like that, and every once in a while I think. That's how I treat myself so often. Oh, like this yes. body is just carrying around the only part of me that yes. matters. And I, I forget it's not the only part of me that matters. Yes, Actually, I, I, was, I was listening before this to the interview that you did, not the interview, the, the conversation you did on, on mindset. Oh, and yeah. Then, yeah. And then you get the whole issue about that, that story around um, that experiment with a researcher about uh, the, the woman standing there and then um, people sort of saying positive things or negative things and how it expressed itself in the body. Like yeah. that. And I think that's what we're understanding that, you know, we are fully, we are called to be fully integrated, as it were. But the thing is, we tend to compartmentalize and separate things out. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, okay. So this is something that I uh, saw on your website and I thought it was super interesting. And so I just wanted you, if you didn't mind, um, to tell us a little bit more about this. Um, from, so from your book, uh, yeah. on your website, you have some bullet points about things we'll learn in your book. And I have to say mm. that, um, you know, just so, just being on your website, I'm like, I got to buy this book. It looks so oh. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, so one of the bullet points was navigate your ego to be your greatest asset and not just a liability. Mm, yes. Can you tell us what you're thinking there? Yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah. So in the book, I talk about the, the issue about how do we develop wisdom, and one of the first things is managing your ego. Now, when we think of ego, it's, if we say he's got an ego, she's got an ego, we're not giving them a compliment. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But the point is, we all have an ego. We all have it. And the question is, how much prominence are we, are we giving that? So naturally, we go towards too much ego, which becomes arrogance. But too little ego becomes, as it were, well, I, I, I'm a nobody. I've got nothing to give. Um, I'm a waste of space. That's actually also very destructive as well. You know, it's manage your ego is having as it were humility but again humility is not again there's a quote from c.s lewis which is humility is not thinking less of yourself but thinking of yourself less ah yeah it's yeah. that important distinction which is which is the word which is everything really and so it's it's in a sense to be so um in the moment and to be so absorbed with what i'm called to do and who i'm called to be that 
I don't actually care whether you like, well, obviously I want you to like me, but if you don't like me, that's okay as well. Because, you know, again, the phrase is the rich simplicity of being yourself, which is, which is, which is priceless, really. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not trying to prove myself to you. You know, there's something I believe and I'm passionate about, but whether you accept it or reject it, you know, if you reject it, okay, I'll be sad, but it's not going to devastate me. I'm not going to say, you know, that somehow or other um, I'm diminished as a person because I, I'm comfortable with who I am and who God has made me to be. And I know I'm totally accepted and loved by him. And so it's getting that right balance of ego because none of us totally masters it in this life. It's, it's yeah. always, you know, th th and so it's being realistic about that. And so it's things like, um, when am I being defensive? Where, you know, where, you know if, if somebody says that they think, you know, I mean, if somebody says, you know, your book Sunil is crazy and, 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 and ridiculous. Okay, I mean, that, that's a shame that you think that, but I'm not, I, but, but I'm not personally crushed by it, you know, by criticism. I don't have to start, start saying because they think the book's rubbish, that I'm rubbish. No, right. I can separate myself out from that. Or, or the comparison, I mean, goodness, you know this as authors, the comparison game, you know, you, you do your book and, and, and you get a few reviews and you think, oh, you know, oh, I've got so, so many reviews. And then you, then you go look at somebody else and they've got 10,000 reviews. Yeah. And you think, oh my goodness me, <laughs> what have I achieved? What have I done? Right, right, okay. right. Yeah. yeah. So, so always that can, because there's always somebody behind you and there's always somebody ahead of you. Yeah. You know, and we're not JK Rowling or, you know, or whatever, you know, it's, it's just way, you know, it's, it's just mind blowing what they're doing. And you're thinking, well, okay, I haven't really done very much at all, really. But, you know, <laughs> but and I'm okay. sure, I mean, JK Rowling, uh, human being. So I'm sure she wakes up and has the same kinds of well, yes. struggles on various days as anybody well, else, I, writer I, well, or well, not. I, well, I'll tell you this. I mean, one of my privileges has been, you know, working as a coach and a psychiatrist. And I work with some people who are incredibly high performance. You look at them, you think, wow. But you get behind the curtain, you know, you get into the room and you listen to their story and you come to see that there's that they're still trying to please a parent who died many years ago. They're still trying to quieten that inner critic inside them. And they're just fabulous and things are achieving. And you think, oh my goodness, you know, this, this goes deep, you know, and, you know, no, and, and, and again, that was my journey because, you know, and, and in a sense, that's what I talk about in the book. So uh, when I hit, uh, it was uh, in, when I hit 36 years of age, in a sense, I appeared to have it all. You know, if you looked at my life at that point, you know, happily married, financially secure, third child just born, doing some uh, leadership responsibilities in my church, um, become a consultant, psychiatrist, I reached the top of the career ladder, and yet, inside, I felt incredibly empty. And in a sense, that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book, because I, I, I began to realize that this is not just my experience. This is something that's actually endemic around the world. Because, you know, in the past, you'd say, well, if I had more money, if, if, if I had more resources. Well, for many of us in the West, we've never had it better. You know, if, if, if you could have told our grandparents, Kitty, you know, in 50 years time, 60 years time, you'll be able to talk with anybody around the world. You can do it instantaneously and you can send documents everywhere and you can have conference calls with people all over the world. They'd say, you're living in heaven, is what they'd say. <laughs> <laughs> that, that time has come, but, but we're definitely not in heaven. Yeah, we're definitely, we're definitely not in definitely. heaven. Yeah. <laughs> no matter with all the advances that we've got, you know, it's it's never been a more miserable time. And yet it's never been a time of great job. You know, author, you know, Charles Dickens in Taylor Two Cities. What does he say? He says it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. Yeah. And it's where are you going to focus? You know, because yeah. it, it, you, you're going to find reasons for both. And if you put all your attention on why it's the worst of times, there's no, it's not surprising you're going to be depressed, stressed, burnt out, angry, frustrated, because it'll feel, but if you can say, well, look, isn't this amazing, this world, you know, God has given us and the opportunities we have, well, it really is the best of times as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah especially like you said, if you can separate out your doing from who you are, your being, then mm. I would think that that would, um, that would become easier then to yes. to to look at the world as a as a better place in your life as as a pretty yes. fantastic one well and i think also that you know i didn't choose to be born at this time 
into this family, into this period of history. I mean, I could have been born in the fifth century in Mongolia yeah. or, or, or in Afghanistan. You know, I mean, I, I, I could have been, there's no reason why I wasn't. And so you begin to realize that actually everything is of grace. Everything is, is, is a gift. And, and there's G.J. Chesterton's got this lovely phrase, the sacred intoxication of being. Wow. It's a beautiful sacred intoxication of being. So this life, you know, people want to get intoxicated with drink, drugs, Netflix binges and things like that. But this sacred intoxication, I've been given a life. I've been given a body. I've been given opportunities. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Rather than complaining and entitlement and this is not fair and they did this to me in my childhood and, you know, that happened. This kind of victim kind of mindset that, that's yeah. so prevalent in our world which which is so disempowering right it's reconnecting with with the one i mean again that this goes back to window because it's about wisdom is you know it one of the proverbs is the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and fear not in the sense of uh you know god's somehow going to get me and going to beat me up because i'm not but fear in the sense of reverence and you know i've i've got a body you know i've got hands that work i can talk you know there's somebody in hospital somewhere who can't use their hands and legs, who's wishing that they could walk, or they could communicate. I mean, how does this amazing body work? It's just incredible. I've got health. Yeah. You know, it could be taken away, but you know, it's, it's I've got yeah. today, you know. You know, it's so funny. Um, I just watched a Netflix movie that right. in, in my mind, uh, you know, as of today, I'm like, it's the most wonderful love story ever. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a movie called Breathe. And it's with Claire Foy, who was the uh, the queen on the TV show The Crown, and yeah. uh, Andrew Garfield, who I know as being Spider Man a while back. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it's based on a true story, um, produced by the son of the couple that these two actors represent. Um, okay. And it's about yeah. uh, this couple who had like this amazing, beautiful, fantastic life, and yes. then he caught polio and was suddenly and immediately permanently paralyzed yeah. from the neck down yes. um, and was just stowed away in a hospital. So this is a true story, is it? It's, it's a it, true it? story, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, starts yeah. starts in the, I think the story starts in the late 50s, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah. and uh, so altogether, like I don't wanna give too much away on the one hand, yeah. but the point is, is that um, his, his wife, didn't give up on him and he just happened to be like you say you know like why was i born now or why was i born here why why was i born in this family mm. he happened to be like in the center of a group of friends and family who absolutely loved him so much that they just put their creativity to work and tried to figure out how can we make his life not what the doctors say that it's going to be and so apparently a guy invented a wheelchair <laughs> and invented uh, a ventilator that will yeah. work on a battery in this wheelchair. And this man not only started um, traveling around again, like he went yeah, to yeah. Spain and uh, other places, um, but also they uh, got some other people to donate money so that they could build more wheelchairs and get awesome. more people out of the hospital. And I was like, oh my gosh, like the love story of the husband and wife and the friends of his and, mm. and how he never forgot like these people that he used to be in a bed next to in the hospital yeah, and that yeah. he just chose to find joy in his life. Yes even though he was paralyzed from the neck down and he wow. was probably going to die, you know, sooner yeah. than all of his friends. Beautiful, and it was yeah. amazing. You're like, how does someone just keep on finding the good in, in every day? Yeah, you know? that's right. Uh, so, it's, and, and that's on Netflix, is it? That's, that's it breathe. is. Okay. Yeah, it's called breathe. breathe. Okay. I look out for it. Yeah. yeah that yeah. sounds fascinating. Wow. So, yeah. so yeah. that and what you were saying and, and part of what's in your bio, you know, so that people can create the life they hunger for and still mm. have time for family, friends and fun, which I yeah. have not been taking a good amount of time for family, friends and fun. I give time to my husband, but um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of other things that I'm, I, I'm not satisfied with how much time that I spend um just not working or yes. um, how much time I'm, you know, spending uh, emailing or, or getting on calls with my family in another country. Um, and, and I feel like all of these pieces 
you can speak to as a writer as well, because at one point, if I understand right, you had this full-time job and you were writing a book and you had <laughs> family and friends. So yes, can you kind of talk about, I'm yeah. sure that there were some ironic moments too, when you're like, I'm writing this book about this yes. yeah, and yeah. I'm really struggling to do it yeah, right yeah. now in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, the book took a long time. I mean, the, the book was on my mind for at least 10 years. Oh, wow. And before that, you know, I, I actually, the books were actually started as a series of blog posts. So I, I blogged consistently for about four years. I think every week for about four years, I was, I was blogging. Trying to, you know, in a sense, it's, it, it was a bit like a jigsaw puzzle because I, you know, I, I gave the story earlier on about the subject of wisdom is I, I've re slowly realized it's actually been chasing me all of my life. Yeah. And so as I was putting the pieces together, it began, to, I began to realize the theme is wisdom. This is what it is. Um, and so, so there, there, there were the blog posts, and then I also got got, got a podcast as well. I mean, the, the blog's it's at, it's at drsnell.com, um, and so that's how those pieces. I've got what your question was, <laughs> but that's how the pieces came together like that. Yeah, and and so um, so that's really interesting. Like for anybody who's thinking, I I kind of want to write a nonfiction book, but you could just start by blogging about your topic and seeing whether something comes of it. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and I think the key thing is you've got to enjoy the process. You really have to enjoy the process. You must not say, you know, I'll be happy when, when the books comes out. Because one of the things I've discovered is that anything worth doing, and, you know, really hold on to it, always takes longer than you think, will take more out of you than you realize, but we will be worth it in the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think once you accept that, and somebody said something to you, which really struck with me. Well, there are a couple of things, actually. One was that um, that the fact that you tend to overestimate what you can achieve in a year, but underestimate what you can achieve in five years or 10 years. Yeah. So there's that side. And what the other thing that kept me going, so I, I published through, it's sort of like a self-publishing group called Auto Academy Elite. That, that's who I published through. And uh, one of their coaches said to me, and this, this really kept me going. She said to me, so whatever you write, whatever you, when the book gets out, you've got to remember that once it's written, it's, it's like fossilized. It's basically the words are there on the paper and that's it. You will, you know, you should, you should be growing as a person. So when you look at the book, say in five years time or 10 years time, you're going to be embarrassed by what you wrote. You're <laughs> going to say, did I really say that? <laughs> because my thinking has gone on so much further than that. And so that kept me going because as I was, you know, writing, I was thinking, is this any good? And I was thinking, whatever it is, I'm going to be embarrassed by it in five or 10 years anyway. <laughs> so let's just get it out. Let's get let's it just out. Just get it out. <laughs> and, and, and the other big thing, you know, this issue about relationship. So I was, so um, I, the plan I had was to release it. I mean, the, the deadline kept getting delayed, but my plan was I, I, I finished my uh, government job with, with, with the British NHS at the end of July, 2020. So the deadline I'd set myself about a, about a year and a half, yeah, maybe even two years earlier, was I want to have the book ready to give to my work colleagues on the day that I leave, basically. Oh, yeah. To say goodbye. Well, it never happened. And actually, I showed that it, it, it wasn't going to happen. It just wasn't going to happen. So I had to accept that. And then uh, I showed it to some, to some friends. And one particular friend, Simon, was very, very gracious. He, he looked at it and he said, Sunil, you've got lots of good content here, but you need it to get, you, you need, it needs to go through another edit. I mean, it had already gone through a couple of edits and I, th and I think I know someone who can do that and it's going to cost you. So I took a deep breath and I remember, you know, what, what that coach had said to me is, so whatever you write, you're going to be embarrassed by, but I thought, no, let me give it the, my best shot that I can. And so what I then did was we did another re-edit that took a lot of the autumn, the fall of, of 2020. But the other thing was, and I haven't mentioned this before, is the book is dedicated to a friend of mine who died suddenly uh, on the 17th of March, 2014. Mm. Uh, and I talk about that in the book uh, in, in, in quite a lot of detail. Um, and I suddenly realized that actually, let's make the launch date the 17th of March, 2021, because that will be exactly seven years to the day that, uh, that, he, that he passed on. 
Yeah. And that will be, a, you know, the book's dedicated to him at the end of the book. There's a, there's a tribute to his, to, to his life as well. Uh, and he's like a younger brother to me. Um, and I thought that would be a really great way to, honor. but it, it never crossed my mind. And, and then, and see, then what happened was, so I thought actually, and I felt quite settled with that. And I thought, well, actually what I was going to do was going to then try to launch it just before Christmas. But then somebody said to me, just before Christmas is not a good time. And I thought, well, no, well, let's just take the pressure off completely. Let's make it the 17th of March, 2021. And, and then what I did was uh, with this guy who was the editor, who, who helped it, is that every morning for about two or three weeks, we would sit on a Zoom call like this. And what he would do is he would go through it and he would edit the language and tighten it. And then we would go through it line by line, as wow. it were, just tightening up the language and then having these fascinating conversations about the things that were written. <laughs> and we had a great we had a great time okay wow and it was so it was such a privilege and enjoyable thing to, to, to do it with this guy john you know it, it was fantastic yeah um i just, I just it, it was a great experience so you know it, it took a lot more out of me you know financially emotionally psychologically every you know blood set and sweat and tears all but it was great fun as well actually and I began to think, you know, actually, I really believe in this, but I really believe in what I'm writing. I'm excited about it, <laughs> you know, because, you know, you have this love-hate relationship with writing. I mean, I, I, you have this huge love-hate relationship. So you want to get out there and you then sit there and your, your mind just goes blank. And so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and so doing it with John was great fun. But also, you know, in the earlier parts is I would just say to myself, look, I'd set a timer. I mean, some days it was just literally, I'm going to spend, you know, you talked about so that with working. OK, I'm going to spend 15 minutes on the book today that's it and if i just sit here with the, with the alarm going on 15 minutes then i've won yeah you've got, to, you've got to create a game that you can win okay right and 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 that you know it's, it's like you put one brick on top of another brick eventually a wall comes eventually there'll be a house there'll be a building yeah and that's all you're doing you're just putting one brick on top of another brick you know and some days it feels just so slow and you wonder how on earth is this going to come to get you know i mean yeah it, it, will this ever come to fruition but will it but you know like i said anything worth doing always takes longer it takes more out of you than you expect but it's always worth it in the end yeah and, you know and i can say that on, on the other side of it it, it really has been and yeah. i've changed so much as a person as well so you know it's uh, you know no matter how much it blesses others i've huge you know going through the process has been enormously you know life enhancing for me so from a selfish point of view you know <laughs> it, it, it's helped me a lot but I, I i pray and trust it can bless and encourage others as well yeah 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 and so do you think that it's also uh encouraged you to get back into regular writing you said that you had a regular uh, blog post only for four years yes. i shouldn't say only four years is awesome but it sounds like that means that at some point it, it ended yeah well it ended because the book wasn't getting done oh so i so basically i had to say look and I think this is this. I mean, I mean, this is a lesson I'm learning is that if you're going to do something, you got to stop doing something else. Because I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm I'm my my worst enemy in this right because I believe that I can just keep on taking things on. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll do this. Yes, I'll do this. Yes, yes, I'll do. Yeah, of course, I'll do this. And I'll work it. It'll work out. It never works out. Yeah, that is so me. I don't know why I cannot <laughs> learn this lesson. Like I'm in my fifth decade. When am I going to learn this lesson? <laughs> I mean, the way I've reconciled it is that um, in eternity, you know, again, this is this becomes a faith issue. In eternity, we will literally have all the time in the world. Yeah. Okay? So we're going to be able to do all of that. And so I think one that, you know, there are some lies that our society and culture tells us that are so deeply rooted. One of those, I think, is, you know, again, is that there is no God and that when you die, you stop existing. Basically, yeah. that's it, finito. You know, that's the end of life. You know, you, you just disappear. And I think that's a huge lie. But also, it's, it's incredibly liberating because what you begin to realize, you know, and, and so uh, some of the ways that manifests is, you know, a hundred, you know, books like a hundred things you must do before you die. You know, you've seen those books. You know, yeah. you've got to get these experiences packed in, or you haven't lived. Yeah. And the problem is, it creates a scarcity mindset. That and, you know, in, in this COVID world, you know, we, you know, I'm sure you know you. I, I know friends and family who, who have died through COVID. Mm -hmm. And and so that's even more of a reason to think I've got to make the most of my time. Yeah. But but when you've got an eternal perspective, you begin to realize actually it's okay. Because 
this life, if you like, is the warm up for the real living. So we haven't really started living yet. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. And I think that also um, on days that I can remember that this is, like you said, just the warm up, um, then it's it for some reason, I don't know why I can't keep all these thoughts in my head at the same time, make everything easier. But, but on those days, then I can go, oh, well, then I know the thing that I want to write now, because this is the thing that's important now. And, and um, these other things, you know, if I write them or don't write them, like I, I want to, but but if I'm just talking about what's the most important thing for me to do right now, I really want to finish this encouragement for writers book that yes. I wrote an entire first draft in a month. And then Great. I just got really nervous that maybe I don't, maybe I don't have anything to say regarding encouragement yeah. or maybe it's, it's not enough or maybe but, but, it's but, 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 just but like everybody else's. But your voice is unique. Your angle is unique and that yeah. needs to be appreciated. So, and there are people for whom, your voice is it's the only way they'll hear it. It might be the same information, but because it's coming through you and your personality, they'll hear it. And I think that was what liberated me because I felt exactly the same. You know, there's nothing new in this book, honestly. And, 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 and I've pinched stuff and I've tried to give credit, as much credit as I can, but there's so much stuff from other people. You know, we're, we're standing on shoulders of giants, aren't we? Yeah. And, and the stuff that they've done. But because it's coming through my voice and my personality and my struggles, that's a unique angle. Yeah. And that is hugely valid. And it would be the same for you, Kitty, as well. Exactly the same for you. Yeah. And, and I'm guessing that, that um, you can understand this feeling too. I hear myself saying stuff like that. And I think I'm a writing coach. I actually give this advice <laughs> to other people. But like, I try to remember that it's okay for my clients and other people to see that also when I'm the writer, I have the same fears and, and insecurities as any other person putting yeah. their hearts down onto paper. Yeah, that's right. We all have that. Exactly. Yeah. And that takes courage, obviously, to do that and to work through that that awkwardness, as it were. Yeah. No, that, yeah. That, that's wonderful. Yeah. But, but it's all of us. Yeah. You know, what's it, is that, yeah. Courage is, is, is not doing things without fear. It's, it's, it's still being afraid, but still moving forward, isn't it? it it's still moving forward afraid. Yeah, it does that, and the need for courage never goes away. You never out you you never outgrow it because you're always going to need courage. That's yeah. too bad. I wish you could just like be like, and I'm <laughs> no, done. No, it's yeah. that's, but 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 I think the problem with it is, if you think about it, if that were the case, then we wouldn't need relationship. Ah, yeah. We wouldn't need relationship with with our creator, and we wouldn't need relationship with each other. So in a in a way, it's a severe mercy yeah. as well because it, it reminds of us, uh, us of our dependence. And I think the other key thing is that, is that, and again, I'm always trying to, as it were, um, as it were, compete with God in running the universe. Because I, I, I think I'm a control freak. If I could control my whole, whole diary, everything I do, I would have it all, you know, you know I, I have my planner, you know, I, you know I, I basically run the world in my planner, basically. <laughs> I, I just, problem is, then it, there's no need for God, you know. But what happens is, you know, when I worry and when I fret and when I beat myself up, I'm basically trying to run the universe. Yeah. And, you know, and that's way beyond my pay grade. You know, that's yeah. way beyond, you know, it's, it's just not. <laughs> and, you know, when you talk about relationships, like all the different kinds of relationships, even even something that um, can be pretty easy to take for granted. But like if I yesterday, I just had a day where for some reason, I don't know, you know, did I not eat enough protein for breakfast? I don't know. But I just had a really insecure day yesterday. And um, my husband must have told me four or five or six times, you can do it. You always get through this. You'll get 10 Mm -hmm. minutes into it and all the fear will disappear. And, And he would tell me all these things. And, and every time he did, I was like, I love you more than I did 10 minutes ago. And then by the end of the day, I'm like, you're the best husband in the whole world. But you know, if I didn't have a reason to need him, then I would forget how wonderful he can be and how much I love him. That's very helpful. Yeah, that's a a very good perspective. Yeah, I suppose, so your weakness makes you realize your, yeah, that's right, your dependency. And then you to appreciate what you do have. Yeah, exactly. No, that's that's beautiful, yeah. I think that, um, you know, I mean, I'm not sure that I've uh, put it in words before, like I've thought it, but I'm not sure I've put it in words before, mm. but I think it could apply probably to all of my human relationships and my relationship with God. You know, if yeah. I, 
if I felt like I could do everything and never had a need and never felt insecure, then yeah. yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. Well, I think it connects us more and more with our humanness as well. That's the key thing. Um, But I think there's so much with it, you know, within us that wants to do it by ourselves. I mean, it, it goes back to, to be being toddlers, you know, mummy, daddy, I can do it by myself. I don't yeah. need anybody, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but no, it's 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 part of being human. And I think, yeah, that's that's again because ev- what you begin to realize is that everything is interrelated and interdependent. And again, you know, you asked about ego at the beginning. You know, ego and pride. If you like, pride is the big danger. Uh, one of the definitions I use of pride is a ruthless, unsmiling concentration on the self. And literally, it's the universe is running, is, 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 is revolving around me. And it's unsmi- yeah, ruthless, unsmiling concentration on the self. And, you know, ego in a, you know, it, it, you know this sort of revolving around me. In, in a two-year-old, that's cute. Because, you know, you see a two-year-old and, and they're fascinated by everything around them. And, you know, things disappear. They don't exist. And they appear. They exist. And they, but, but ego in a 52-year-old is not cute. Yeah. Yeah. An unhealthy ego. So, so that's that's what we're trying to make is is is, and I think that's that's part of the growth is that, um, is that, actually, it's not about me. It isn't about me, you know. I've, but when I'm secure that that I'm loved and accepted and I've got an important role to you know the being relating doing leaving. Once I've got that clear, then I don't feel that I've got anything to hide or defend. You know, it goes back to the rich simplicity of being myself before God. That's what it's about. Yeah. Which is priceless, absolutely priceless. Because when you think about how many people have got masks on their faces, they've, they've got a, a role to fulfill. They can't really be their true selves because if they, you know, say what they really think or, or, or be who they really are, then that's going to, they're worried about the impact that will have. Yeah. But just to be yourself, you know, that's, that's again, I can't, I can't keep saying it. It's, it's priceless. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like your book and, and I'm guessing your podcast, because of the words dancing with wisdom, yes. it sounds like maybe this is about helping you um, keep, wi- keep wisdom close, not just finding it once and like, now I've got it. I don't need to look anymore. Yes. Yes. So I think, yeah, the title came quite late. Um, but I think what I'm trying to convey with the word dancing, dancing is a whole body experience. It, it conveys emotion as well and joy and and freedom yeah and the other thing about dancing is when you're dancing with your dance partner you have to be very mindful about what they're doing and there's a degree of uncertainty and mystery about what's going to happen next and so you need to be very respectful and almost reverential in terms of what they're doing so you can as it were respond appropriately um, right. and it's so much fun as well when it's when it's done well and but yeah, you know, it, it, it conveys the uncertainty and the emotion, the joy. And that's why I sort of settled the word dancing. And geez, you're right. You never feel you finally crack it. And yeah. I think, you know, and, and the other sort of the more sort of mystical element of it is you have the divine dance of the Trinity as well, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we are invited into that dance. So it's an invitation to become the fully alive human being you were always intended to be. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the invitation. That's the... The enticement as it were like that yeah i love this i love this okay so obviously i could keep on talking and asking sure. you more questions for so sure. long um but since um i'm trying to keep my uh, interviews to a reasonable length yes, that's what I, think. <laughs> I appreciate that, yeah. it's killing me but i'm trying um yeah. so tell us i know on your website it says that we can get a free chapter of your book to try it out see yes. if we like it uh-huh absolutely so the introduction is at drsunil.com so that's d-r-s-u-n-i-l.com uh, and you can download a free chapter there. Uh, the book is available though on Audible, on Amazon, on Kindle. Um, so it's available on there. Um, and after you've gone to the book, there is a workbook you can get as well. And details on how to get that are, are on the website as well. Also so, on the website. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like the idea so, of the workbook. I'm like, yeah, I want to write down my thoughts so I don't just like have them once and then lose them. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, and I think that's a great point as well, Kitty, because I think what I've, one of my aims in the book is obviously I've written it from my life journey, my experiences, and I've tried to be as transparent and open as I can. And by doing that, I hope that then gives permission to the reader to reflect on their own life. Because remember the tagline is a sacred quest 
to restore meaning, purpose and fun to your life and work. So it's we are all on a sacred quest, whether we recognize it or not. And we're trying to put together, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly of our lives and trying to make sense of it and say, you know, this is my mess. What is it you're trying to teach me and how can I grow and develop to become the fully alive human being you always intended me to be? Yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Wow. Okay. I, as soon as we get off the call, I'm probably just going to go buy your book right now because I'm so interested. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. We really appreciate it. I, between the, the, um, the topic of the book, Dancing with Wisdom, and how to use that in our own life and how to search for it and, and work with it. Um, and then also just your process of how you, you know, came to write your first book, all of those, um, uh, shared experiences, I'm sure, are encouraging to other people who either haven't started or have been struggling through, you know, the process of writing the first book. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, thank so, you. A pleasure. And thank you. And thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. So just, to, you know, just so it's at drsunil.com. And I think that's probably the last thing I'll probably say to, to those listening or watching is that you just have one wild, precious life. What are you going to do with it? And if I can help you on, on, on your personal quest, uh, I'll be delighted if you if, if you get the book at, at drsnill.com, the first chapter, or on Amazon, Audible, and Kindle. So thank you so much. Thank you again for this time, Kitty. Really enjoy talking to you.